Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's today's clip. Hi there. In today's podcast, we have a fantastic clip from my sister Jessica's Hay House radio show. I hope you enjoy the clip. Because it is the New Year's coming up, we are in the thick of the holiday seasons. For those who celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, and Christmas is just a few days away. This is a time when it's supposed to be joyous, but a lot of us can feel really weighed down with a lot of stress, a lot of emotions, a lot of food. And so today we're going to learn some tips to really be able to strive during the holiday season and also to begin to set things in place to have a great 2015. The challenge is, is we jump into the new year and then we frantically make these New Year's resolutions from this place of lack, a place of worry, a place from overwhel- of overwhelm. So it's so important that now, even before the new year, we take some time to begin to get clear on how we want to show up in 2015. And that's what we're going to do today. We have a very special guest today, my dear friend, Terry Cole, who is a psychotherapist. Uh, it's a joy to have her. She works with some of the biggest celebrities in the world and thousands of people have been helped by her programs. But before I welcome Terry, I do want to share a quick story. If you listened last week, you know that right now I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Buenos Aires, Argentina. And this is where I was born, and I like to come here as often as I can to spend time with family. And I was just with my great aunt, who is 87 years old. And every time I'm there, she always wants to give me presents. And no matter what it is, she just always gives me all of the stuff. And I know that she's not in the most ideal financial position. And, you know, I'm here living in New York City. There's really nothing I need. I'm I'm grateful just to be with her. I don't need presents from her. And so every time she would try to give me uh, presents, I would kind of feel guilty and I would try to convince her to not give me anything and convince her I was only here to see, I was only there to see her. And as I was convincing her to not give me anything, I could see how sad she felt. I could see, you know, her, her whole kind of energy dropped. And I realized that when she was giving me something, it wasn't just about Um, it wasn't just about me. It was also about her. She had a feeling when she gives me something. And by being better at receiving, I am giving a gift to the giver. And it's something that I, after kind of having this awareness, I decided I want to get better at receiving. Do you ever notice that someone gives you something and you, you know, sheepishly accept it? Maybe it's even a compliment. Someone tells you you look great and you just downplay it or you refuse it or you bring up something that isn't going great in your life. 
when we accept things like compliments, like gifts, it's not just about us, but it's also about the other person. And as we get better at receiving, we get better at giving, and there really does have to be a balance. So I want you to notice this holiday season. How do you receive? Can you really be open to knowing that you deserve receiving and also knowing that by receiving, you are giving that other person a gift in return? So keep that in mind. And for any of you out there who are single, let me tell you a little bit more about my great aunt. When she was 22 years old, she got married to this man she loved and she soon became pregnant. And while she was pregnant, her husband died in an airplane accident. The next time she got married was when she was 79 years old. She finally found love at 79. She is happily married to this man called Rodolfo, who is so lovely and, and handsome and masculine and just fantastic. And so if you ever think it's too late, just think about my grand aunt. It is never too late to find love. So with that, let me... Uh, let me welcome my guests. We're going to talk a lot about the holiday season and the new year. Terry, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. Isn't that crazy about my great aunt? I mean, it's what I a rock star, love right? It. I Seven... just love it so much. I mean, it is never too late to get married. I love that. So, Terry, holiday season it's supposed to be a time of celebrating, and it's often incredibly overwhelming. I want to start just by getting clear on what what is the problem here why is it that for so many of us the holiday seasons come the holiday season comes with like this heaviness of emotion and stress and overwhelm well you know Jess, i think there's a combination of things that happen that i've seen in the last 20 years with my therapy practice the first thing is that it's a time that people um, either remember what they don't have or or start to really take stock if somebody is really sad that they're not partnered it's a time when a lot of people are with family. And if you don't have a family, but you wish you did have a family, it sort of puts the, shines a light on that. That's one thing. Another thing is that for a lot of us, it means spending time with family. And not everyone is as blessed as the Ortners. And I know all of your family, so I know that it's not just an appearance, that you have a really pretty healthy family system, very close, very loving. But actually a lot of people, and I would say more more than not, have family systems with some difficulty. And so now you have to spend a lot of time with family where maybe you have old grievances, maybe you have unresolved pain in a family situation. Yes. And let me tell you, no matter how functional your family is, no one pushes your buttons or brings up your old wounds like your family. They are a reflection of what you're meant to work on. And it's not always pretty, but I think it's oftentimes it's a gift because it really shows us where we need to begin to target our that healing light. Yeah. So let's talk about the family in more details. Do you actually, you have a, a bunch of tips to help us this holiday season. Mm -hmm. So I would love to go through these tips. So what's one thing that we can keep in mind? Well, the first thing, that's not even on the tip list, but the first thing is that I want to ask every person who's listening to really think about how they want to feel this holiday season. Let's, let's back into everything from that state of how would you like to feel? So I know how I want to feel, which is I want to feel connected. I want to feel joyful. 
but I want to feel free. So if I know that about myself, I need to make decisions that are in line, the decisions that I can make that are in line with that feeling. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So the same way that we make intentions for the new year, we should be making intentions for the holiday season. Absolutely. And, and part of the tip list, so, so let me just start, we'll start kind of going through what the tips are because part of that um, brings that to light, making some decisions, you know. But there's some real structural things that people can do, which is really try to prepare, right? If you have a gift list at this point, now, now we're kind of into it. A lot of people have already purchased gifts if you give gifts within your life. But I feel like being organized to the best of your ability, either creating the gift list, deciding what the budget is, really sticking to that. Um, if you have to bring a potluck dish to an outing, try to do something that you can freeze so you can do it ahead of time. It's basically doing everything that you can so that you're not rushing and you're not dressing. And another thing that I always suggest to my clients, which really helps, is that in your home, keep, like throughout the year when things are on sale, just keep your eyes open for like candles or little picture frames or a bottle of wine. Gifts that just in case you, you get invited somewhere, you'll have things already ready to go that are more like general gifts, even if they're just small. Because that has saved me. I do that every year, and that has saved me. Every single year I use them. <laughs> and I'm glad yes. I have them. Yeah, that is a really great tip. So have that stock in place. And, yes. And on that, no Christmas Eve shopping ever. Okay. <laughs> I know. But th- does anyone do that besides like the, the random husband? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think you know a what? lot of random husbands do that. <laughs> I think a lot of random husbands do that too. What has saved me is Amazon. Especially with, with with my nephews and with certain people, I I just order as much as I can online. So, totally. yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a definitely a fan of that. So, let's talk about then some of these overall you know tips. So there is the basic planning. Like we need to actually spend some time to begin to uh, first make an intention of how we want to feel on the, during the holidays and spend some time planning. Spending some time planning actually means that we need to plan to plan. So, so how do you plan to plan? How do you kind of structure a moment in your day where you begin to uh, create the plan that's going to help you have a better holiday season? Do you have any tips around that, around actually doing it? I do, actually. I, I actually walk my clients through this, where with my clients, usually by Thanksgiving, we, they know the week before Thanksgiving, I go, okay, so when I see you after Thanksgiving, you're going to have, you're going to have your plan, at least the bullet points of what you need to do, and you and I will talk about it. So that's, the, it's called pre-contemplating or the pre-plan, or, the, or, you know, in sports, we would say it was the pre-game, right? So they come in with this idea of what is it that they need to do? They need to buy gifts for these people. They're going to go to these two things. They're throwing a holiday um, party themselves. And then we go through, and then in the next week, they figure out when are they getting that done. So one of my clients, she blocks out time on Mondays and Fridays. She's able to block out one hour each Monday and each Friday before Christmas comes. And that's enough time for her to get done everything she needs to get done. Right. I love that. So do the pre-plan. So that's those are the things that we could do to get, you know, to help manage our lives better. I want to talk to you for a second about the emotions that come with mm-hmm. the holiday. They're, 
I feel like a lot of times we can begin to reflect on our life and there's a little bit of melancholy that can creep up mm-hmm. during the holiday season of this idea of, you know, I, I think maybe it comes from, we, we've seen so many movies of the perfect Christmas or, mm-hmm. you know, the, this idea that, uh, that it's the end of the year and we reflect on everything we haven't accomplished or mm-hmm. we reflect on love lost or whatever that is. It just, it just mm-hmm. seems like melancholy can creep in. What tips do you have that can support us in not letting that sucker in? Well, you know, it's funny. As a therapist, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking to not let it in. I would actually be looking to honor it and not let it overtake you. So the way that you can do that is um, every city has, um, they're called blue Christmas um, Every, every church is non-denominational. They actually have a time when you go, and it's a, it's a blue ceremony, they call it, where it's for people who maybe are not feeling very jolly, but they want to honor how they feel. And like you said, it could be love lost. It could be just a sadness. For some people, it, is, it just brings up a sadness, and it doesn't make you wrong. But I, I find that if you can go to a blue service of any kind, um, there's something, and my husband, actually, Vic and I, my husband went uh, two years ago because I just wanted to see what it was like. And it was so mellow and beautiful, and the music was melancholy, but there was something very satisfying about it. And we both were able to honor what we were sad about. What was it? Whether it's just the loss of my father and, you know, different, different things. His, his um, dad had just died. And so there's this container to allow you to have that feeling so you're not, it's not false. You're not forcing yourself to feel something you don't feel. And once you honor those feelings, it's much easier to then also be grateful for what's right and find joy in what's right in your life. I love that, Terry. And that's a a big principle around tapping, this idea of accepting how you feel and the freedom that comes when we honor how we feel. So, you know, that's a beautiful way to put it, that maybe there is some way that these emotions can uh, serve us if we only take the time to honor them. Yes. I love that. So I want to talk about one of the tips that you share with most of your clients uh, is about meditation. And someone on Facebook just wrote that they were doing your 21-day meditations and they're loving it. Tell us a little bit about how we can take meditation and begin to use it within this season and to support us into the new year. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting um, that I decided to do the 21-day meditation integration. Um, It's going on right now, and you guys listening can go. It's totally 100% free. You can just go to terrycole.com and sign up for it. So I'm allowing people to sign up throughout. Um, the meditation integration because so many of my clients and so many people ask me to teach them how to meditate, which I do. But that's basically what this has done. So if people go and sign up now, you'll have access to all of the meditations we've done so far. And I started with a five-minute meditation, and by day 21, we'll be doing a 20-minute meditation. And why, why now, right? I didn't, it wasn't random that I picked December 1st to start this, right? I started it because people, it's the, the most, um, it's the most difficult time of year perhaps to get a meditation practice going. And yet it's the time of year that you will benefit the most. And I, I have 2,500 people right now all over the world. And the feedback that I'm getting is that people are changing. They're feeling 
um, very present and allowing themselves to have feelings. And there, even people who have tried before to meditate are now having success. So I invite everyone listening to go there. And let's talk a little bit about what meditation does for the type of, um, you know, I call it creating calm in the chaos of this time of year. Because most of us uh, have doubled what is in our calendar around, you know, after Thanksgiving, through the New Year, most people's calendars literally double um, with people wanting to get together, parties, obligations. And so this is the time of year where you need internal stillness and silence almost more than any other time of year because what that will give you is a way to stay calm inside. And then you can make choices rather than react. What meditation buys you is about two seconds of response time. So instead of feeling like, I have to do this thing, you can actually take a moment and think about whether you want to do that thing. So, so what does, for someone who's just new to this idea, you know, it's, meditation is not a new word. People are talking about it a lot, especially in the last few years. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around it. This idea that we're not allowed to think anything and we have to be perfectly mm-hmm. still and we have to be sitting um, upright in this Indian position. Mm-hmm. What does meditation mean to you and how do we begin to take what you're saying to, to really benefit us right now? How you can take it right now is I have tons of free meditations online and this free meditation integration where you don't have to pay a penny. It's free. If you have a but and you have a desire to meditate, you can meditate. So part of it is really just putting, um, deciding that you're going to try and how do you do it. This is what, how I teach people to meditate. What meditation is, is sitting in stillness and silence, dialing into your body, dialing into your breath. Of course, you're going to have thoughts. The, the difference between meditating and thinking is that normally when you have thoughts, you let your thoughts take you places. You let your thoughts drag you to the future or drag you back to the past. When you're meditating, you, you can acknowledge your thought and go, oh, okay, that's a thought. And then you can bring your attention back to your breath so you release that thought. You consciously release it. It'll be there when you're done. So what I like to say about meditation is that there's, honestly, there's no wrong way to do it. If you sit in five minutes of stillness and silence with a little candle lit, maybe putting a little lavender oil on your hand and taking a nice deep breath, and if you literally count, silently count your breath from one to ten, one on the inhalation, one on the exhalation, two on the inhalation, two on the exhalation, all the way up to ten, and you keep doing that for five minutes, Something will change. You will produce dopamine in your brain chemistry. You will feel better, less stressed, more expanded. And so that's the way that I I built this meditation integration was to make it super simple. Like you need nothing except your desire to do it and your butt. That's it. And And I love the tip that you just shared with us. There's no excuse. We can all do this. I think one of the challenges is when something is very simple, we tend to undervalue it. And we have to realize that these little simple things are what makes the difference in people's lives. It's not these gigantic things. It's the everyday simple things that we can be consistent with. And everyone can spend a few minutes to check in with themselves and do that breathing exercise. And, and as you know, I 
I think meditation and tapping are just the perfect marriage. You know, they it is are. perfect. To- I, I, I use them both in my practice heavily. And I find that, and you know, what you said before, Jess, is so true, that there's something about um, when, when you allow with tapping, instead of running from the feelings, I help my clients give voice to them the same way, the same way that you do so that you actually turn around and sort of look right in the eye of what it is that you've been running from or what you're afraid of. And suddenly that big, scary monster just becomes a little annoying thing. It's not a scary monster anymore. And in running away, people who, who have this misunderstanding, whether it's about meditation or whether it's about being healthier, whether it's about being empowered, people who think that it has to be all positive all the time, and you, I've heard you talk, and I know that you talk about this as well, that isn't real life. We are humans, and we have these, you know, fixed human emotions. There's no way to get around feeling fear or feeling anger. It's just what you do with them that matters. Absolutely. It's it's so freeing once we finally get that. And, you know, I really encourage people that as this new year comes, we tend to make these big goals like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to make this amount of money and, you know, I'm going to do this or that. When it comes to setting goals, I got to tell you, Terry, my 2015 is about this meditation practice. I Mm. want to be less about the achieving and more about the being, doing things that help me feel a certain way. And so when it comes to creating intentions, I think it's so powerful to, it's so powerful to create the intention of, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in the morning for myself every morning. And that is when the, the magic happens. So Terry, I know that you are a tapping expert in your own right. Um, you know, you are an incredible coach. And so I would love to take a live caller before we go into, uh, the rest of these great tips. So let's talk to, um, to Judy from Connecticut. Hi, Judy. How are you? Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Terry. Um, hey, thank Judy. you both for taking my call. Love both of you have listened to your shows. Um, perfect timing. I um, have been extremely stressed out in um, particular about abandonment issues that go back very far into my childhood and um, my relationships with males. Um, I'm in a wonderful relationship now over seven months with a a gentleman, and he's very, very good to me. Um, But I get, um, like today, um, I'll call him or I'll, like, get too clingy, and he's very understanding, but then I get so upset with myself and I start thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's going to leave, he's going to get upset with me, and... So I would really like some help with that. Okay. I can help. Can I go, Jess? Yes, please, Harry. (laughs) Okay. All right. The first thing, Judy, is to think about what you're having. It's called a transference experience. And so there has to be a part of you that when you're starting to freak out, when you're starting to be afraid that that this is going to be like the other time, You have to ground yourself in the here and now, and you have to remind yourself that now is not then, 
right? Now is not then. And you don't want to do anything to sabotage. It sounds like a lovely relationship. And if I can promise you that if you don't meditate, it would really help you get a little bit of space, about two seconds, so that you would have the power to really contain your fear and even not share it with your boyfriend, right? If, if he's someone who you don't think is going to abandon you, really, in real life, I mean, you can share with him your fears, but you don't want to act it out. And I feel like meditation, um, it's actually scientifically proven that a med- meditation practice um, increases your ability to um, contain. It's like emotional, keep your emotions steady okay. instead of up and down. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and I was meditating daily, and I've kind of gotten off the wagon, so to speak, and I've noticed a big difference in my increase in anxiety. Well, I hope you can go to my website right now and join this free thing. I will do that. I I was very excited to hear about that. (laughs) Great. And, Terry, would you be open to doing some tapping as well? Of course. Oh, I'm sorry. I just said, I, I said Terry because I see you're from Terryville. I meant to say Julie. <laughs> I know. That's funny, isn't it? It's so, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You're so, from Terryville. <laughs> yeah. So I met Judy. But, um, I, yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Judy, you know, my t- – Terry is right because what – the advice that she's giving you is to, to check in with yourself. When you are centered and grounded, you, you're Judy. You're in your power. You know what to do. You're that – you know, beautiful, attractive woman that that this man wants to be around and mm-hmm. wants to create a relationship with. Okay. When you are worried, you're not an adult anymore. You're that little girl. And oh, so yeah. with that, there has to be a level of compassion. So you said, I noticed that you said, you know, I get so angry with myself. What you need to remember in that moment is that when you act out in that way and you begin to reflect on it, you need to look back and go, in that moment, I wasn't Judy. I was little Judy. And so the same way you speak to a child, you don't yell at a child for their behavior in order for them to learn or feel safe, but you explain to them and you help them understand what they're feeling, the situation, and you let them know that they're safe. And the more you can... The more you can begin to speak to yourself in that manner, the easier it's going to be to really begin to feel that safety and feel like you can be in your own body. And so if you feel like you're about to take some kind of action or you feel this, that impulse, I mean, we all know it. We feel this kind of buildup of tension of stress in our body and we feel like we need to say something or do something. And we know that in that moment we're not acting from our greater good. We feel like we're being emotionally hijacked. In that moment, we are. In that moment, that amygdala, that part of your brain, that fight or flight is is going off. And so Mm -hmm. in that moment, before we take any action, pick up the phone, say anything, write the letter, send the email, and I'm talking to everyone that's listening, we have to spend some time to either meditate, to check in with ourselves, or simply to do some tapping. And if you are by yourself, Judy, and you're thinking, I would love to do tapping, but I'm not quite sure how to do it or what to focus on, it's great to begin just by focusing on what you feel in your body. And this is something that meditation helps us do. So right now, quickly, just when you think about earlier today when you felt that um, that impulse or you felt like you were being clingy, that, you know, that moment, and then that moment when you were worrying 
when you felt like you were in that frenzy, where did you feel it in your body? Um, in my chest. Okay. And now when you think about that moment, do you still feel anything? Do you still feel that in your chest? Um, I still feel it in my chest, but I am starting to relax since I've been talking to you. Oh, that's great. You're making my job very easy. Okay, so what I would recommend you do, Judy, is when you tap, I would use the affirmation, even though I feel this fear in my chest, I love, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Right. And then begin to do some tapping while you give a voice to the fear. You know, what are you scared of? And it might not be the current situation. It might be something from the past. But like we spoke about earlier, honoring how you feel is so important. And when you do it with the tapping, it's just a powerful combination. Yeah, that makes sense. And I have four grandchildren, and I certainly would never speak to them the way I speak to my younger self. And what a great reminder that right. when you are in that moment and you notice, you catch yourself being mean to that little Judy who's scared, you right. remember your grandchildren and you bring in that compassion. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, wonderful. Well, Judy, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much, I too. Um, this has really, really helped me a lot. I really appreciate it, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now. I, I love that. Just by having this conversation, the anxiety had already gone down. But I do recommend everyone that's listening, you know, take that same advice. Notice what you're feeling in your body and begin to focus on that as you tap. Uh, Terry, any other kind of thoughts or ideas come up as we were just um, speaking with Judy? She made a great point, though, about you made a great point of being aware of the language that you're using to talk to yourself. And Judy is not alone in what she's experiencing. And it's called transference reaction where we get ourselves caught in the feeling of like, oh my God, this is like the, the other time. Oh my gosh, this is like before. And the truth is it's not. And so really it's remembering that every moment is a new moment. And this moment has never happened before. Just like this seven-month relationship that she's in now had never happened before. Yes. Yes. Now is not then. Now we often have to remind ourselves that. So I want to talk about 2015 because so far, you know, you, we've learned a lot about how to just tips on helping us with the holiday season. I want to look forward now to 2015. And what are some things that you have been speaking to your clients about having them do in order to set themselves up for a better year? And actually, let me start with, with this question because I'm curious. What what do you believe? Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? What are your thoughts around that? Well, I don't believe in setting yourself up to fail. So I have a lot of thoughts about that. Where I'm I'm into people making small changes that equal transformation. So if you haven't worked out at all in 2014, I don't want you telling me that you're going to be running like an Ironman by February 1st in 2015 because you're not. <laughs> right. Right. And to, but you so, know what? But we do that to ourselves. Like so often we, we create these incredible, ridiculous goals. And then we think, well, shouldn't I just think positive and believe I can do anything? But no. I mean, come on. <laughs> no. 
the way that I look at, and maybe I look at it as a therapist, but the way that I look at the goals or the resolutions is how are you protecting your personal space? So, of course, I always want my clients to commit to meditating, and they do. And people who listen to me want to meditate. I want everyone to meditate because it makes everything better. So that's one thing. But but what I really am looking at for 2015, this is in line with what you were saying, Jess, is to know when to say no. That, you know, no is not a four-letter word. You mean, so what do you mean by that? I mean, what do you mean mean, by saying no? What, What are we saying no to? We're saying no to being overscheduled. We're saying no to doing crap we don't want to do. Right? We're saying no to things we actually don't want to do rather than having the disease to please and saying yes too much and then becoming really resentful. Mm, I love that. You know, for my birthday was last June and I wrote wishes. You might even call them just resolutions the same way someone might do New Year's resolutions. But my number one wish, I wrote, I choose to care less about what other people think so I can more clearly hear the messages from my own heart. And that was my big one. And so I just would repeat that over and over. I choose to care less about what other people think so I can more clearly hear the messages from my own heart. Terry, I got to tell you, there was a lot of goals I had that I realized I don't even want to do those things. I had set goals because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought that's what kind of the world wanted the next step to be. And once I kept meditating on that statement, I really was able to reevaluate my life and shift things and live a more balanced life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you don't care about what other people think, and listen, we all at some degree care. I think it's human nature. But when we begin to not let other people's opinions dictate our lives, uh, it's incredibly empowering, but it's impossible if we don't learn how to say no. Exactly. And I also think that I teach my clients, and it's important for you to know how to not let everyone in the world give you their opinion. Because unasked for advice or criticism really robs the other person of their dignity. And so my clients will say, well, how do I do that? She's a friend and she means it well. No, you teach people how to treat you. If I have a friend and she gives me her unasked for advice, well, I think you should do this. I will honestly say, you know what? That is actually not helpful right now. What I really would love for you to do is hold space for me or let me just complain. I'm not in a fix-it mode. We're not brainstorming. Like I just tell people how they can love me the best way for me. And then they want to do that. So if you allow people to, yeah. to always weigh in, it, it really puts you in a, an unempowered situation. You know, what, what is kind of the close marriage to saying no is to letting other people know how you want them to treat you. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. So we have a mutual friend, Nitika Chopra, mm-hmm. right? I love Nitika. And we had, this is something I share where I was kind of on the opposite end. You know, I was, we often hear the story of the person who felt like they had to stand up for their voice. I was the person that was coming across the wrong way. So Nitika is a dear friend of mine. In my family, um, it's mostly males. I have two older brothers. Um, we show love through teasing. So we, we joke a lot and we tease each other a lot. And it's, I have to tell you, for me, it's like, it's humbling. It's healthy. It keeps me grounded. I 
also am so clear on their love that I know that there's no bad intent and it's just like it, we really have a fun time and, and it's, it is something we have to keep in check. But when I became really close friends with Nitika, uh, I began to tease her about something and because it was my way to show love. It was like, it was something that I loved about her, but I would just like make jokes again, only to her, but she had to stand up to me and say, just, you know what, when you are sarcastic like that, I know that's how you show love in your family, but it's, I'm not comfortable with that. And I don't like that. And it really hit me because I had no intention to ever make her feel uncomfortable. It was Mm -hmm. me showing love, but it was a perfect example of how sometimes in life we are all, we all communicate and show our love in a different way. And we have to be able to begin to communicate to others and let them know how we want to feel loved, how we want to be loved and to create our own boundaries. And me being on the other side, I have to be respectful to that and go, you know what? I can tease with my brothers, but I'm not going to tease in the same way with Nitika. And I'm going to show her love a different way because we communicate in a different way. And there is no good or bad or right or wrong but it's this open communication that's really essential. It is, and, and the truth is that you are responsible, just like I am responsible, just like Nitika is responsible, for getting your needs met. So what ends up happening with, I have clients who will say, I don't, you know, about a romantic relationship, but I don't think he really loves me, because if he did, then he would know what I want or whatever, and I, I, I really disagree with that. I teach couples, if I work with couples, to ask the question, how can I best support you right now? What would feel good? And when husbands, any husbands listening, trust me, those are like magic words because we know that you want to do the right thing, but the, you guessing what the right thing is, you're most likely going to get it wrong. Yes, it's so true. So we're kind of all over the place here, but we have but two main concepts. We got to say no to more things. So instead of just focusing on what we want in the new year, we got to do that cleaning out and saying, what do we no longer want to accept? And we also need to have this uh, open communication of asking people, showing people how we'd like to be treated. And that ties in with the no. Sometimes we have to let them know, you know what, this isn't appropriate or this right. doesn't make me feel good. This is how I would like to go forward, you know, begin to communicate our needs. You know, I wrote this in my book. One of the challenges with communicating our needs, because closely tied to communicating our needs is asking for help, is is all the kind of guilt and shame we have around this. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel like we are not allowed to ask for help. and, And we also assume other people should just get it. People should just know what we need. And if someone is not helping us during this crazy holiday season or in the new year, we take that to mean that, they just don't care. And so we really set up all our relationships for failure by not communicating what we really need. It's, it's interesting and just incredibly common. I don't think enough people are talking about it. Right. I, I can tell you, being a therapist for all these years, that I continually am teaching, especially women. And, you know, my demographic is very high-powered, very successful people. And yet everyone seems to struggle with the same thing of being able to succinctly communicate what they would like. And I try to teach people that you can do it as an act of love because if you love the person you're in a relationship with or if you love a friend and they are treating you in a way, most likely unknowingly, that you don't like. Just like a perfect example was what you said about you and Nitika. Of course, she loved you enough 
to say, hey, I don't like that, rather than just avoiding you, just being pissed off at you. Like, there was all these other things she could have done. But instead, she told you the truth. And I see that as an act of love from Nitika to you, because she knew you weren't doing it on purpose. And And she wanted to get her needs met. Yes. And And it was hard for me to hear. I had to be open to hearing it. And going, mm-hmm. you know what? Everyone doesn't view the world the same way I do. Like this experience for her, she, her mind interprets it in a different way. And so I need to be open to, uh, to communicating in a better way. The true intention, which is showing the, the intimacy and the love I feel for her. Right. Exactly. You know what I think is a good thing that we should jump to if we have time to just quick. Please. Because this is something that I do every year with clients and it's, I mean, I've been doing it for so many years because it, it, it works. So if people are really trying to figure out what what is it, how can I make 2015 my best year yet, what I do is I have them take a fearless inventory, which basically is we look at all areas of their life. So if it's you, you would look at your romantic life, your business life, your family life, your spiritual life, your um, fitness and health life, right? Um, and... There's one more. I can't say what it is right now. But anyway, do look at all areas of your life. And you basically say, what do I want to feel more of? Like, what do I want more of and what do I want less of in each area? And so you really have to break down. Like, this year, I did a lot of traveling. And it was great. But honestly, what do I want less of? I want to feel more grounded in one place because I'm writing a book this year. And I need that time. So I want to feel less scattered. And what would that mean? That I make choices that are going to create that for me. So we do one list of what, do I, what I want less of and then one list of what I want more of in all those areas. And you end up really being able to see a full 360 view of the life that you're creating. And sometimes it only means you're making small changes in certain areas of your life to get you to feel the way you want to feel. Oh, I love that. So what's that look like on a piece of paper? Is it just two columns what I want more, yes. what I want less of. Yep, and, and they'll see if they go to my website. I do one one week towards the end of the year. I guess it's the week of Christmas, the week after Christmas. I do the one I want less of and tell you how to do it. Um, and then you're going to burn it. Once you know what you want less of, that's on one piece of paper. And then the other piece of paper is basically what you want more of and how you want to feel in 2015. And then that list we keep around. So I have it next to my bed. I also write it and make it my screensaver every year. Like I make it pretty. I have my husband design it so that I'm always reminded of what I'm creating. And whenever I see my list, then you literally create the feelings of having those things, whether it's love in your life or more financial abundance. I really do also believe so much that we are energy. And of course you do because that's (laughs) tapping is all, all basically based on that. And if you can really conjure that feeling of having what you want, you're really drawing that experience to you. I, I love that. Let's talk about the feelings a little bit more for a second. So as we have the what I want more of and what I want less of, when it comes to feeling those feelings, how often, I mean, I know this might sound like a silly question, but I know I can't be the only one thinking, thinking about this, but how often do you spend time feeling those feelings and how often do you think people need to feel those feelings in order for it to begin to show up in a more tangible manner in their life? I mean, honestly, I 
keep it. I have that list every year. I make my husband do it too. Every year, the list of what I'm creating. I do a vision board, which is one form of the list. And then I have my actual list of how I want to feel and what I'm creating in my pocketbook, next to my bed, I have everywhere. It's like there's one put up on my refrigerator in New York, one on my refrigerator upstate. It's, it's always there. So I would say at least, I mean, at least five times a day. And it doesn't have to be any scheduled thing. When I look at my pocketbook and I see that paper, I look down and I think about what, which one of these things, and then I just visualize. I'm in a cab, right? I visualize for 30 seconds my book being on the New York Times bestseller list, right? I mean, you know, this is how we bring it. And so my feeling is if you have a list and you're really sure that these are the things you want, just have it in a bunch of different places. And all you need to do is conjure the feeling in the middle of your chest when you see that thing, let's say it's bringing love into your life. Then you visualize yourself maybe on a beautiful vacation with your man or your woman. Maybe you just see yourself walk at the back of you walking down the streets in New York or whatever city you're in holding hands with your beloved. And then you feel that feeling, whatever that is to you. And that's it. it to me, it's fun. Like, I love it. It's like literally being in my fantasy, but I also know that it's real work towards creating it in actual life. Yes. You've given us a, a lot of tips within the last hour and these two great exercises, which is the spending some time meditating and you, you taught us just that simple breathing in and out and counting our breaths. And then this other idea of just reminding ourselves of what we desire, putting it around our house so we have those moments of feeling into that. What I really love about these two things is that they're really s simple. And so as we look into the new year, I think this, these are the kind of things that we should focus on instead of those goals that we've been setting every single year, but setting these things up because if we begin to do these two things, then we're able to be guided by our intuition uh, more and we were able, we're attracted to the better decisions. Exactly. But you know, Jess, let's say you have, the, the person had the goal you said before of like losing 30 pounds. I would say to that, if my client said that was the goal, I would say, okay, now we're going to turn that inside out. How do you want to feel? I want to feel healthy. I want to feel comfortable in my jeans. I want to feel... And so then that becomes the goal. We take it out of the constricted, dieting, like depriving ourselves of everything thing, and we move it into how I want to feel. And of course, you have to take steps if you are going to lose weight, but you know from your amazing book about how what you think and how you approach it is connected to how well you do it. And, and you're right. When we have to look at our goals and ask ourselves, what am I trying to feel in order to reach this goal? And what I find is when it comes to, you know, weight loss or even more money, it's not that we're searching the thing, we're searching the feeling. And we don't need to deprive ourselves of that feeling until we achieve that thing. That's right. where we begin to just continuously rob ourselves of our life. We, we place these conditions. I will be happy when I lose weight, when I make more money, when I fall in love. I will feel playful and free when I lose weight, when I make more, more money, <laughs> when I fall in love. You know, and we just, we, we kind of create this uh, jail uh, for ourselves. And we, we don't allow ourselves to live. And so, man, if someone had to make a New Year's resolution, how is that as a New Year's resolution to allow yeah. yourself to feel happy without conditions? Exactly. I mean, I, last year, I think, at this time, I was like, 
um, torch the resolutions. I wrote a whole blog about <laughs> how the traditional ones just don't do it, which is what we're talking about right now, that there's such a different way of feeling your way into it and setting yourself up to be successful because you all deserve that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Terry, we only have a few minutes left and I hope you don't mind if I put you on the spot. Would you be able just to take us through a very quick breathing um, meditation exercise? Of course. I would love to. All right. So how long do we want it to be, little Jess Ortner? So we have about six minutes. So I'm not giving a lot of time, but something for us to kind of breathe into and get ready to bring in that great new year. Okay, great. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it to about, because I want you to have a few minutes in the end, I'll keep it to about three minutes. Perfect. All right. So everybody listening, including you, just start by taking a nice deep breath in through your nose. And out through your mouth. And if you can, close the door. And if you're not listening to this on your phone, turn your phone off. Of course, if you are, keep your phone on. Mm -hmm. Get yourself into a physically comfortable place. And then gently close your eyes. And as you're breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, I want you to visualize that you're inhaling all of the peaceful, positive energy that's all around you. And exhaling any stress, any constriction, any fatigue or any worry that might be in your mind. I want you to see that feeling leaving your body through your exhalation. And now we're going to consciously do a full body relaxation. So I want you to visualize or imagine a beautiful amethyst light coming in through your crown chakra at the top of your head, moving from above to below. I want you to see that light coming down behind your eyes, relaxing all the muscles of your eyes and your face, moving into your neck muscles, releasing, moving into your shoulders. I want you to consciously drop your shoulders down your back so that there's space between your ears and your shoulders. See and feel that relaxing light moving into your shoulders. Moving down your arms, your biceps, your triceps, and your forearms, all the way down to your wrists and your hands. And I want you to see and feel that light moving to the back of your body, relaxing your upper back, releasing your middle back, relaxing your lower back and your buttocks. And now you see that warm, beautiful light moving to the front of your body. Relaxing the big muscles of your chest and moving down your side body. Relaxing your abdomen. And I want you to see this light pouring into your entire torso, illuminating all of your internal organs as well, detoxifying and relaxing. Seeing through the light moving into your hips, down your thighs, your knees, your shins, your calves, your ankles, all the way down to your feet and your toes. And now I want you to see this light encircling the outside of your body as well. So you're in a cocoon or a halo of light. And now that you've relaxed from the top of your head to the tips of your toes, it's easy for you to visualize with perfect clarity. So I want you to see this day and this week and all of the days leading up and through the new year, I want you to see everything falling into place with ease and grace. 
I want you to feel the feeling of being grounded in the present moment, right here, right now. See yourself centered, happy, joyful, enjoying everything that is right in your life right now. Everything else, any small annoyance, any frustration, just see it rolling off your back like a water rolling off that. And you see yourself being able to be in total gratitude for all of your blessings and everything that is right. And that's what will get you through this holiday season. You'll be floating through it with ease and grace. So now I'm just going to count backwards from 10. 10, 9, you're feeling rested and relaxed. 8, 7, feeling incredibly grateful. 6, 5, feeling regrouped and renewed. 4, 3, feeling ready for everything this season has to offer you. 2, 1. So just bring your consciousness back to your body, and energy back to your hands and your feet. Take one last big deep breath and give yourself a nice big full body stretch. Ah. Oh, Terry, thank you. That is fantastic. Can you share your website one more time with us? I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to sign up for that 21-day meditation challenge. Yes, please. Go to terrycole.com, which is T-E-R-R-I. C-O-L-E.com, and you can join my meditation integration for free, and you can also purchase um, my meditation transformation CD on there as well. You can give it as a gift or buy it for yourself, and you can also get it on iTunes. So I want to say about a thank great you stuff, so much. Great stocking stuffer, right meditation on. CD. I think everyone has someone in the family. They want to stick that in their stocking. That's fantastic. (laughs) TerryCole.com. Terry, thank you so much for being with us. I so appreciate it. Thank you.